Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We work with you to help you get your business to the levels you want them to be and so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And that's Wired to Change with the number two. And this is, speaking of the number two, this is part deux of our uh, podcast with Drago Braddock of Oak City Tech, Purple Comma, Bitcoin, disc golf, you name it, he can do it all. I, I try to be variable. <laughs> he's super tall, he's super handsome, and we're super excited to have him back. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. Wow. That, see, that's know. why she does that's the introduction. That's a great endorsement. <laughs> she does the best introduction. So we talked previous episode a lot about you and how you got to where you are and your interest, uh, which was wonderful. For this podcast, we're going to talk about basically how small business owners for somebody more like me than Trinity, maybe not uh, social media savvy, but simple things we can do to make sure our businesses are listed correctly and we're promoting it correctly. And we don't do dumb stuff on social media or our website. That's we would up. we would never do anything no, dumb we wouldn't on we our Drago, website. But, he, yeah. but people, some people may not have him to stop them from doing But sometimes things. I feel really dumb about the stuff that I'm doing on our website because Drago actually built our website. Thank you very much. And I'd like to plug it. So if you would love to critique our website and tell us, did Drago do a good job? Is Trinity doing a good job keeping it updated? Does it totally suck? We want to know. So go out to www.wiredtochange.com with the number two and give us your feedback on our website. We would love for you to poke around a bit and tell us what you think. Yes, we are realists. We are not easily offended. Uh, don't pick on Trinity's husband, Scott. Don't pick on my uh, grandson, Oliver. Otherwise, you're pretty good. Kind of say what you want, right? Pick on Scott all you want. <laughs> Homeboy has got thick skin, so we and can definitely. Jeep, yeah. And a new Jeep, so we can definitely pick on him. In addition to checking out our website, we would love for you to also check out the section all about our upcoming small business seminars. We have one, a one. We have one coming up this quarter. It's called Seeing 2020, and it's all about your vision in business. One of the things that Mike and I absolutely love to do with our small business seminar clients is to help them discover whether or not they have a business plan and if it's in play, are they avoiding and recovering from burnout? Because yep. burnout is one of the number one causes of people failing in business. We also work on SWOT analysis, that's SWOT with the letter O, not the letter A, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And we also cover goal setting, and we have a really cool small business owner checklist that everyone should know. So if you would like to attend that seminar, plane tickets are cheap to Raleigh-Durham, folks. Come on in. <laughs> We're going to be meeting on Friday, March 13th. Very, very lucky day. We're not Friday afraid the 13th. We are not. We We're. are not scared. In the fusion room at the frontier from 10 to 12 and it is only 49 dollars. so there is no barrier to entry for anyone if you can't scrape up 49 dollars from the couch cushions then you probably should rethink being in business for yourself and not only will you get to meet us but you'll get to meet other people you never know who walks in the door that's a beautiful thing about events like this because we can all help each other amen so now, one of the things that we mentioned on our last podcast is, well, actually, there were two things. One is that Drago is clinically unemployable, 
and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. <laughs> and the second was consistency, which is going to be a bit of the theme yes. of what we're talking about with all things social media and website creation today. We want to help people with what not to do as well. And I know one of the blogs on your Oak City Tech website, you talk specifically about Facebook. And depending on your business, you need to decide where to focus, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever that is. Do you have a couple thoughts for people on where best to settle in? Yeah, I can kind of give you a quick down and dirty guide to help you choose. So a lot of the surface level things about the platforms is what you should choose to determine how you use them. The best example right now is Instagram. Instagram is a very visual place. It's not like uh, Facebook and Twitter where you repost things. It's meant to be very visual. So places like restaurants, real estate agents, take pictures of houses, anything that has a visual component to it, it has a great home on Instagram. And conversely, use the same types of decision-making to determine what other platforms might be good for your industry as well. I learned uh, something a few weeks ago on Instagram. I went to my computer to think about posting something on Instagram, and guess what? You can't. Can't do it for nope. your computer people. You can look at people's <clears throat> posts all day long, yes, but you, you can. cannot post from your computer. It, it was designed that way, correct? From the get-go, yeah. They didn't want they, – they tried very hard to – create a, a social networking platform that was what I like to call marketer proof, because that's what a lot of us marketers do. We, we ruin social media platforms from their intended <laughs> purpose by using them to help people generate business. And so that's what they try to do from the get-go was confine it to use only on the phone. They designed that with you in mind, Trinity, not me. <laughs> I have trouble. I can't save it on my phone to find it to post it on Instagram, so I have to come up with plan B for me. So. Fair enough. I love posting on Instagram. I enjoy the ease of use of different, you know, I use a couple of different uh, modalities to get my content ready for Instagram. One of them is Snapchat. I've mentioned this on other mm -hmm. podcasts in the past. I just find that it's much easier for me to create that content on my phone really quickly than it is to do it on my computer. We were at a networking event about six months ago, one of the Boss Digital events, and Trinity's, which is one many reasons why we get along. Trinity came up to me and said, come over here. We're going to post something real quick. So I'm thinking just video in general. She's, no, let me push a couple things. Got the background set, got everything. Okay, we're on Snapchat. And I'm so lost at that point. Like, she goes, just stand there and I'm going to say something. You just smile. I'm like, okay. Because Snapchat's really great for small videos because you yep. can, I can edit them and add comments and pictures and visual art to it in less than 10 seconds. Um, if I'm making a small video, I just use Ripple because you go to my archive of photos in my phone, I pick a bunch of my listing photos, upload it, it creates a video for me, I pay another dollar for a special song that I wanna have play along with it, and you You're just create go. and you put, and it just, I mean, it literally has a template where all you have to do is type in the words and it lays it over. I mean, it could not be more, um, dumbed down and user-friendly. I mean, if I can figure it out at my old age, then anyone can. But the point is there's got to be a plan. There absolutely has why to be a plan. What is your message and why are you on that platform? 
a, a lot of it has to do with what he just said to having a goal, because if you don't have a goal, it's very hard to measure a, are you reaching any specific endpoint and B what along the way has helped you get there so you can repeat the process the next time. So, so definitely not only having a goal, but having kind of metrics along the way you can track is very, very important because otherwise you don't know you're getting to your destination. And along with some of the things on Facebook, obviously you got to set your goals and the message has to be tailored to, uh, and uh, let me go back. We love the people that stand up in, in B&I and say, oh, I just, I work with anybody. No, yeah. you don't. No, you don't. You're lying. Anyone that breathes. No, <laughs> yes. I just need to meet people that have ever thought maybe or driven by a house. No, 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 you don't. That's not right. So you've got to tailor your message to the clients you want. And B&I is um, a networking meeting that we're all a part of. Yes. Uh, yeah. In terms of tailoring your message, it absolutely makes complete sense to have customized graphics and, and, and text messages depending on who you're going after. It, it doesn't behoove you to have, for example, if you're targeting, you're trying to get business from a real estate agent, um, such as myself, a marketing person, it wouldn't make sense for me to use a post uh, targeting uh, someone walking a dog, for example. The subject matter has to line up with what you're targeting. So if it doesn't appeal to the person, it's, it's probably not going to you know, strike a, a chord with them. They won't reach out to you. And going back to the different platforms, and I think you use that big word modalities, uh, just a tip from an old guy, I've got one of my nieces, Caitlin, I love you, but everything she posts, she uses boomerang. Drives me <laughs> crazy. It's popular right now. But it, it wasn't made for me at 58, and I get that. The older what I get, what don't you like about Boomerang? It just—it's the same thing. I've seen it back and forth, back and forth, yeah, back and forth. I, I, I can drives see, yeah. me just yeah uh, crazy, and I love Caitlyn. She has fun things, doing that. But there yeah. are certain things that I think are Boomerang worthy. Yeah, that but not everything. That's how I think of it. Certain things that would be hilarious in like a repeated loop. Yes, yeah. like at the end of a closing when I have my clients jump up and down with my sign. Perfect. It's example. perfect thing for Boomerang. Perfect. I actually had one of my yeah. clients reach out to me, and he's making a um, scrapbook. A electronic scrapbook for his husband and he was like where's that video that you know i need all these videos that you took and thank god that boomerang thing, saves yeah, them exactly. all and i went back in there and found them all and sent him all the pictures and videos because they were so stinking cute but i don't need you holding up the martini glass why not it doing boomerang back and forth <laughs> no no chase the dog chase the tail okay kind of get that so you know it's just but anyway so i just I wanted would, to i think that if you looked at boomerangs in general people cheersing is probably the number one oh, sure. boomerang yeah. item a, a celebration a celebration yes, yes. Absolutely. oh i'm yeah. so not made for boomerang but anyways it goes back to our point of what's the method to your madness yeah, why well, why, are why are you doing this exactly sometimes it makes sense for you to make a boomerang message because that what the target target demographic is looking for other times it makes more sense to have a static image because they they don't want too much movement in it so you guys have fun with boomerang I'm I moving on. So I'm I, I on. actually have an incredibly <laughs> cute boomerang of Carlos perking his ears up. And I've been waiting because I have a whole post planned about if people are listening for buyers or sellers in the real estate market. So oh, on a day that perfect. I have where well, I'm slow on content, that is my, that's going to be my go. I've got that already. I saw him doing it. I took a quick boomerang of it. It's stinking adorable. People love dogs. And Carlos is her dog. Yes. yes. I wanted to point that out. Not yeah. her husband, it not her not. child, not her dad. Carlos is her dog. So yep. yes. The other thing everybody is real quick to want to know is analytics. Yes. But we have to be careful with that, don't we? 
Yeah, it depends on, on A, make sure they're even set up correctly so you're not getting the wrong type of what's called, um, like, for lack of a better term, fake traffic. Mm. So you need to make sure you're filtering out all, all the traffic that isn't legitimate, which is actually super common today. We have so many bots and servers just running scripts all the time. You have to make sure you're actually looking at real data, which is step one. But, but in regards to that further, analytics will definitely help you inform decisions based on like where you should be targeting. If, if you're a national company, if there are a certain part of your demographic that's in one part of the country more than another, that could inform you maybe you want to run Facebook ads or, or you know Google AdWords in that area more so than a different one. Would Trinity be able to know as a realtor, Cary versus Durham analytics, $250,000 house versus a $550,000 house? Does, how detailed does analytics get for somebody like her? Well, that one's a little tougher to answer, but on, on, on a base level, she would be able to determine where her traffic is coming from and, and where it's going using analytics. So she would know okay. if people from Cary are looking at Cary houses or people from Durham are looking at Durham houses, that type of stuff. Okay. And it's always, that's kind of one of the underrated things is to understand where people are coming from when they get to your website, where they come from. Yeah, it's important to know, especially for, for me being in marketing, where they come from, because that now tells me this is a potentially good or bad referral source. So if we're getting traffic through, you know, a standard Google search, great traffic. If we're getting, you know, traffic through a, a random website that we had never heard of or had in partnership with before, we're like, okay, now we need to investigate this. This could lead to, lead to further business. Mm -hmm. Great. So going back to our message of consistency, which you and I are both huge fans of. Yeah, when you are looking at somebody's social media plan and you're helping to tailor that plan to your clients, what are some of the things that you're looking at that you want them doing on a consistent basis? Is it, is it making like, cause I know for me, I try to do a mixture of different content. Like I don't want it to be all videos or all static images or all polls or whatever. I try to do like, a bunch a of different types of things, yeah. to, to keep it fresh so people aren't like, oh my gosh, enough with the polls already. It depends on the industry you're in, uh, in terms of what you can get away with, right? So in, in, in my industry, one thing I, I ho heavily over-index on is education. So I, I'm pretty much going to be making the same types of posts over and over because my goal for social media isn't necessarily make a sale. It's to educate people so they're informed so they can make a decision with whoever they end up buying from. Because one of the biggest obstacles I face uh, on a daily basis is what I call the snake oil salesman. There's, there's a lot of people with a little bit of knowledge that purport to know a lot more, which makes my job a lot harder when they've had a bad experience. So that, that, that one point is very important. Um, one of the things Trinity's always talked about, and I don't do this personally, but you do, is that mix of personal and business on Facebook. Because you need buyers to know you, Trinity, and you, Trinity, the realtor. I call it the blend of character and competency. And it is really important in my industry as both a business coach and as a real estate agent that people find and see that I exhibit both of those. And the analogy that I use is like when you go to a doctor, if you have two doctors that are equally trained and are both equally great at surgery, but one has a better bedside manner, which one are you going to pick? The one with the better bedside the manner. The one with the better bedside manner all day long. So competency, though, is always going to trump 
character because if you have two surgeons and one has great bedside manner but the other has a 95 better percent better success rate which one are you going to pick the more qualified one he could be a dick but you're going to pick the person that's more qualified so i always think of my character as the tiebreaker because people are not going to pick me as their real estate agent over the 500 other real estate agents that they see advertising on facebook because i'm more fun they're going to pick me because they feel like I'm fun. I'm going to be a pleasure to be around. I'm going to get, but ultimately they know, okay, she's going to get the job done. So I have to have a blend of character and competency. And that is why when I'm on social media, I'm really working to, to show both sides. And I think you do a good job on that. What kind of conversations have you had with your clients that are solopreneurs on that mix of, on my personal Facebook page, what do I put up versus my LinkedIn page? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because it, it kind of informs the rest of what you do on social media. So backing up one second, social media is something that we do on the internet using telephone, I'm sorry, phones, apps, uh, computers, various things like that. It is a very inhuman place by nature. So one of the biggest goals of social media when I'm talking to my clients is how do we humanize you on an inhuman environment? That is really the biggest question we try to tackle from the get-go because what, if we can solve that, if we can make you appear like like Trinity down the road, so to speak, that, that, that you're a homegrown local realtor, then that's going to that's gonna speak wonders for you on, on a place that has no personal ability where people are trying to make decisions based on reviews and various things like that. So the number one thing definitely we, we go over is how, how can we humanize you on this relatively inhuman platform? All right, let's switch gears um, and talk about web design and websites. <laughs> I was shocked when I was doing a little research before this episode that I found out that only 64% of small business owners actually have a website. That is surprising to me. Right? I was shocked. But I've been running into a lot of small business owners recently who don't have websites. And the first question that I asked them, of course, is what was the impetus of you not wanting a website? And most of them said, well, I started my business. It started growing by word of mouth. And I just never really felt like I needed a website, but now that they're at the oh. point where they want to grow beyond just being a solopreneur in their business, they found that they probably are going to need a website of some sort, which I found really, really interesting because at some point in order to grow and expand your business, you need to have one. The So I wrote down, okay, Trinity's top reasons for why it's important to have a website. And I'd say the number one reason is so that people know that you're legit. They want to know, even if they're referred to you, the very first thing that somebody's going to do when they're referred to me, either as a business coach or as a real estate agent, is they're going to go Google me and figure out, do I actually know what I'm talking about? They want to go see my website. They want to know if I'm a professional. They probably want to look at my Facebook friends and see how many do we have in common? Do we have people will come up to me at the store and say, hey, I'm so excited to meet you in person. Did you know we have 49 shared Facebook acquaintances? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, but thanks for recognizing my face in public. This is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) You do need to be on the side of a bus. I've told you that for months now. Yeah, that is my pet peeve. The big old picture driving down the road, yeah. 
bad enough with two thumbs up bad and a enough smile. when, That's all saying. Yeah, when the when up. the old biddies at Panera recognize me and they're like oh, I saw your sign in yeah. my neighbor's yard and I'm like oh my gosh this is so embarrassing so you've won yeah, so yes. which is better the two thumbs up or the two thumbs pointing at you like hey I, I like the two thumbs up better yes so I'd say the number one reason is so people can stalk you yes and mm. the second reason is so people know that you're an authentic business. There are a lot of people that are, and I would say more in the trades, that you're not sure if they're licensed, if they're insured, if they're bonded. So when it comes down to picking one landscaper over another, and if you don't even have a website, I'm probably not going to trust you to come to, even though I have the world's best umbrella policy. Thank you, Joe Ilo, my insurance agent, for making sure that I'm protected when people come to my house to do work. But if you don't have that security or if you can't look and see that they're an actual business, what's the likelihood that you're going to pick them? That's a very good point. Yeah. For, for me, it's also the extension of it, it, you already mentioned it, but it's the legitimacy of your operation in the sense of it's 24 hours a day. You don't have the chance to influence this person. They can look you up and see what you're all about any time of day. Anytime they, if they work the night shift at the hospital, they might be able to just go check you out. Internet's open 24 hours a day. Yes, it is. And you are a huge proponent of people making sure they're, they are right in the Google world. Yes. And one of those things is, going back to the website, is reviews. Reviews are, reviews are important not only for you as a business person because that influences other people's decision-making, but it also is, is, is depending on who you ask, uh, in my opinion, it is a metric for SEO as well. Um, we, we, we do experiments all the time in-house. We're very fortunate to have a large umbrella of clients that we're able to not only um, gather analytics data from, but once in a while run an experiment on. And that, that, that was one of the things that we noticed is that all of a sudden when we encouraged some of our clients to get more Google reviews, when nothing else changed about their, their variables of their website or the SEO, just the reviews count went up, all of a sudden they started eclipsing their, their comp um, sorry, competitors. Mm -hmm. So I, I know for a fact from what I've seen with my own eyes, it definitely influences SEO metrics as well. And I know a couple things with web design flaws that you've talked about on a number of occasions is you better be mobile friendly yeah, and we, your we website better not be slow. Absolutely. We, we live on phones these days. Everyone's got a smartphone. So if your phone doesn't display properly on, on that, you know, square little box, then someone might just immediately walk away. And uh, along the same lines of what Mike just said, if your website's not loading within like pretty much three seconds, then, then someone's going to probably click away. Yeah, they that, will. Big that, time. That's the standard number right now. Obviously, that's up for debate, but you got about three, four seconds tops. And as I have conversations with people in my age group, I tell them if technology is coming, you better jump on or get run over, but you don't have a decision. It's coming. I mean, that, that's exactly why, why we're kind of sitting here today. About you know a year and a half ago, I saw the writing on the wall where we were going in terms of voice and video, mm -hmm. and I knew that as a marketing company, I would need to be providing those services in the next X years. So I started making those plans to make this studio that we're sitting here come to life. And uh, this studio is awesome. Is. We well, love thank it. Thank you. It almost feels like a second home to me. It, well, we're here every week, like, so I'm like, like I'm just kicking my once a week. Yeah, yeah, kicking we can get my a key shoes pretty soon. Off. We'll start working on it. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of the web design flaws that Trinity you have preached and begged is they better have contact information, but more importantly, what's the pet peeve about the phone number? Okay, so this is a statistic that if you're not writing this down, you should. Fifty-two percent of people are looking at your website on their phone. 
And the reason that they're looking at it on their phone is because they are ready to buy something Mm -hmm. or they're ready to ask you a question or they're ready. They are ready at some, this is the impetus where they're moving forward in the next step. And if they're wanting to contact you and they're on their phone, they want to be able to just click on your phone number and and speak to you. This is the beauty of cell phones. You click on a number, it's a hyperlink and it automatically puts the number in your phone. And guess what? I'm dialing you. I didn't have to dig through my glove box, pull out an old registration paperwork or business card and write down the number and then check if the number is right or pull over to do it. I can just click on your phone number and call you from your website. That is my number one pet peeve, the second pet peeve. And this is probably the 30 millionth time I've mentioned this on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I understand why you want to use a form on your website to gather people's contact information. I get it. I understand that you want to gather their phone number and their email, and you're thinking that this is a way that you're getting people's contact information, but that's stopping some people from ever contacting you. Mm -hmm. You should have, even if you have a form on your website, you should still have your email address listed so people can email you directly. And it also should be a hyperlink because again, nobody's going to take the time to sit and write down your contact information when they can just click on it and it goes directly to their Gmail account and they're able to email you. So this is really exciting for me because Trinidad usually agree on everything. <laughs> so now we finally have one Ooh, tiny thing. We get to fight. To, we finally Ooh. get to fight. So let's start with the agreeing part first. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more that you got to have contact information, especially in your footer where it's very easy to find. Um, phone numbers also provide a lot of legitimacy to businesses. If you're a fly-by-night business, you're probably not going to take the time to like uh, get a business address with a business phone number because that's costing you money. So if you're a legitimate business, you're most likely going to have those things. Um, the only point where Trinity and I have a little point of conflict is on the forms versus email on the website. And it's been my experience that if you put a, a, uh, an email address in plain text on a website, it can get scraped by other uh, bots and stuff. So that's an unfortunate way to get a lot of spam stuff. So I, I try to stay away from that type of stuff, but it's not really a right or wrong answer. It's just I personally don't want to deal with as much spam. But if you're willing to open yourself up to spam, then yes, that that's another way of, of getting another avenue into people's doors. I just delete everything from my spam folder. Yeah, keep yep. keep it simple. I just keep it simple. Yeah, I would rather people not be dicked around and unable to find me because I've not frequented people's businesses because they made it too difficult yeah. to get a hold of them. Yeah. And let, let me give everyone out there a tip that I found because uh, in, in our line of work, we're, we are what's called an agile company. So our, our, what we do during the day is very structured and it's not necessarily similar, but it's very structured in the type of activities we do. So getting a phone call in the middle of a day when we're in the, for example, in the middle of a three hour programming session is actually a big problem. So what we do on our website is we list all of our contact information, but right next to the, the email link, we put the word faster because in, in, in when we're working in our, in our office environment, we have similar um, to to um, uh, a professional, what's called a knock, which, which is an environment where you're kind of looking over the statistics of your business. And we always have email available 24 seven because we know some of our clients might have an emergency. So even when we're in a work session, we have our email available open and I would be able to answer you. So that, that's one tip I wanna give to people if you don't necessarily want people calling you all the time to give them the option, let them know, hey, this other method is faster, but you always have to provide all the contact info. 
Absolutely. And not having contact information is my number one pet peeve. In addition to your email address and your telephone number, if you have a an office location, have it easily accessible on your website. Um, this is super important for doctor's offices, attorney offices, anywhere some, where someone is going to be coming and visiting you for an appointment. Physical location, yeah. If you have a physical location, make sure that it's a hyperlink because wow, the internet is like magic. You can click on it and it just opens up into Google Maps. Oh, and you beat off me you to are it. Into, I was about oh. to say, I was about to say that. Like, don't forget what Trini just said. Make it a clickable hyperlink. Yes. See, look at, oh, high five. High five. Boom. Uh, and that is the end of my pet peeves for the day. Another blog you have on your website, Drago, content marketing, your big fan, make it evergreen. Uh, the other thing is... You want to become a thought leader. Can we can we time out for a second yes. and unpack for those of us that are not sure what that means? What does make it evergreen mean? So, yeah, that, that's a term just like most terms that are made up in various industries. What it means to you and all of us for that matter is it's a piece of content that is usable forever throughout time. It is not gated to a point in time. For example, it is not a news event that happened today. It is a piece of content that will be able to be reused over time. Love for it. for example, you would be do a piece on how to make your house presentable for sale. Because that's good for the next six months, right? Absolutely. I mean that's yeah. good until we stop living in houses, frankly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, that's which, another podcast. We what? just learned to do a bit bitcoin podcast, paying for your house bitcoin. Now it's hey, no more houses. Yeah. We're in the Jetsons. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. So. so back to the content marketing. You want to become a thought leader. So posting Posting frequently and over time is how that happens. Becoming a thought leader, its I'm sure all of you out there in listener land have heard that term before. It's thrown around a lot. The truth of the matter is it takes a lot of time and effort to become a thought leader. Um, you have to be not only a consistent voice in that given industry for a period of time, but everything you, ha you say has to be you know functionally correct. One of the neat things you had on here that I was looking forward to asking you Take advantage of most searched questions and phrases. Yeah, so there's there's this little thing at the bottom of, of every Google search. It's you know has different names depending on on who you ask. But the point is, at the bottom of every Google search, there's an additional area of search terms that are. Um, how do I want to say this? Associated with what you just searched for. So if someone else searched for this thing. These other things might be pertinent to you. Those are the type of questions that I really hang on to for my clients and myself to use as, as content fodder to create pieces of content, both for my own website in terms of an article or a, a video on social media or something. That's brilliant. This is why we work with you. Well, thank you. If you were to type in what are the best ways to refinish a dining room table, and there will be 10 things that come up, suggestions from other websites, other companies that do that, other people. And down at the very bottom in that box, it would be offshoots of those questions, Yeah, for right? example, you were talking about tables. Maybe it's like, uh, what type of varnish should I use? Uh, yep. Should I use finishing nails or not? It will be associated topics. And one of the things I've learned from you other than uh, – YouTube is the second most, uh, second biggest search in, in engine in the world because yeah. Google owns that. So, but people type how they talk. Yes. What should I use to refinish my dining room table? That's absolutely true. And the beauty of going back to what we talked about in the last show is Google is always trying to improve how it does things. And one of the ways it does that, it allows people now to type 
how they talk, and it filters out all the extraneous words. So when you are putting together your website with frequently asked questions or your product or your service, you need to, uh, my recommendation is you go to two or three of your friends. How would you search this and see what they say? Because we're in our own heads. We know how to write. We know how to talk about listing a house. We know how to build a website, but that's not how most people find you do exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so to answer your question, Mike, it, it would definitely be helpful to kind of use your, your inner circle and your network to determine how they would try and find something. Then after asking, you know, three, four people, then you could do what we just talked about, use those searches that they did, and then scroll to the bottom and see what else comes up. Furthermore, it would also be very helpful not only to use your, your, your friends and your family, but also to use your professional network to ask, you know, go in, going into the industry that you're trying to break into, ask the incumbents, like, what have you run into? What are the questions have you had trouble with? And that's something actually I did at the beginning of my career. Uh, I interviewed, not interviewed, but I talked with all the local agencies and just basically picked their brain. And I was able to learn what not to do right from the get-go. Market research. And I think a lot of people, especially networking events that we go to, they'll stand up and say what they do. A lot of times they fail to say, oh, here's the problem I solve which is what people are typing in. Here's the problem I have. How do I solve it? And we spend all, our, all of our time telling people, hey, here's what we do. And there's a big disconnect in there. Yeah, there is. And that's something that we all can struggle with, even myself. It's funny you bring that up. That's something I'm constantly trying to remember is, is the, the solution part of it, is what, what is this effectively solving? Get out of our own heads. Yeah, get out of our own heads. And yeah. how would somebody not in our world, why would you type in, or you would type in, why do I need to repaint two rooms in my house to sell my house? Because that's what that—that's the question. Why do I got to repaint it? And Google, here comes a bunch of answers. To wrap up, I would just like to state that there are a lot of problems that you solve for us. Well, thank One you. being, we have a website. <laughs> we Check do. it out. Uh, the second being, you produce our podcast. And the third being that you are just one of my favorite networking partners. And we just adore the work that you do. So well, thank you thank so you. much. And I, I definitely, I can say the same about both of you. Our, our relationship is, is very treasured to me as well. We appreciate Aww, uh, group all hug the, coming. there you go. <laughs> if only you could see us now, group hugging. Uh, we appreciate all the advice to small business owners because it's not easy. But you just have to understand, have a plan, and understand kind of why you're doing what you're doing and where. Yeah, you always, that, that's the number one thing I would hope everyone could take away in Lissa Land is, is have a goal so you know where you're going. And along the way, track some metrics to make sure you're getting there. So if you want to learn more, go to oakcitytech.com. Also, Google purple comma. Yeah, purple comma podcasting.com. There you go. And you will learn a bunch. We appreciate the time and all the knowledge and the friendship. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.